0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Breakthrough Society podcast. I'm your host, Irvin, and today we have my man Bradley Roth on the show. Um, not Bradley; he's he's the host of the Not Most People podcast. He's part of the RT Syndicate, um, and he helps business owners, entrepreneurs create um, like this the better uh, relationship with their spouse. Right? So, most entrepreneurs like they're just really dedicated. Um, in their business, you know, so they need to have that balance between hanging out with their spouse and and, uh, you know, making the business happen, right, so that's where he comes in, he coaches them, he helps them out with all that, with all that balance that they need to have between those two things, mainly, um, he's also been in many industries before, he's tried out different things that has that have not worked too well for him in the past, but he realized that those things that have not worked out in the past he's learned a thing thing or two from them that he can now apply to what he's doing now so you you'll find some you'll find some value in this for sure um and with that being said guys let's get to it all right guys so before we get into the show with my man bradley um if you find value in this go ahead and share it out share it out to somebody your friend family that you know will benefit from it and let them know why you think they'll benefit from it also make sure to share it out um, repost it in your stories tag us reach out to us let, them know you, let us know what you think of it and uh, go over to facebook instagram type in the breakthrough society and give us a like and follow and just come along the journey with us all right guys so with that being said man let's get to it it's
1: going well how you doing happy to be here
2: yeah i'm excited
1: What do I do? Uh, I do right now, I do a couple different things. Uh, the two main things I'm working on are my own podcast, not most people, and kind of the whole brand and community around that. So the podcast is the launch point, but also, um, you know, it's part of the bigger picture and also just launched a course to help other people start their own podcast. So that's kind of part of that as well. So that's fun. And then uh, other than that, I am working on building up my coaching practice so coaching uh, relation uh, entrepreneurs who are in long-term relationships and basically helping them kind of manage and uh, grow in that area because as you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're pushing hard on the business and sometimes other things health relationships can uh, start to, slide or compete for time and and things can get tricky there. So those are the two things I'm working on and they're both relatively new uh, this year. Uh, Leading up to that, I was in marketing for the last few years, online marketing. Uh, Breakthrough Digital was my business. So Breakthrough Digital, Breakthrough Society. And then uh, prior to that, my initial background was in the fitness industry. So I was a coach and trainer for group classes and one-on-one for about uh, five years post-college. That's what I went to school for, uh, and did that back in Connecticut. And then my fiance, she's a nurse and we decided to do the travel nurse thing a few years back. Uh, and I couldn't trade at the gym. I was also, I did real estate for a couple of years as a realtor. So as, as you could tell, I've been kind of all over the place, uh, to get to where I am today, kind of figuring out finally where I'm meant to be long-term. And, uh, you know, when we decided to do the travel nursing thing, I had to find something that was geographically, like I could do it anywhere. Obviously real estate as a realtor, you can't do that. And working at a gym, you know, the online training was just starting to become a thing then really. Uh, but that wasn't really on my radar. So kind of jumped headfirst into entrepreneurship into a service business, right? Online marketing and over time, it's led me to here. So I knew where I wanted to be long term was in the personal development and the coaching space. I've known that for probably the last two to three years, uh, but I was kind of putting it off. I didn't want to move on from my marketing business because I felt like I didn't succeed with it enough or see it through, or that if I switch lanes, it would be considered like a failure and all that kind of stuff. And when I started the podcast, that kind of, I was going to do that as a side project and work on the marketing still. And I was like, oh, you know, once I see the marketing business through or sell it or whatever, then I can go do coaching, which is what I want to do. And once the podcast got started, it became quickly a lot more than a side project and was giving me a lot of energy and it kind of overlapped a lot more with the coaching. And so I decided to make that shift sooner rather than later and just kind of followed my gut instead of my brain, my logical brain for once. And, uh, here I am. <laughs> hmm Yeah. I, you pull something different from each of them. Like each one kind of teaches you something. So growing up, I was. I would say I was kind of one-dimensional in a lot of ways. I was a an athlete. I worked out. That's kind of like who I was, what I knew. I didn't really have any interests or skill sets outside of that area. And then as I'm working at the gym, it, it was a great job, but it was part time. Uh, there wasn't a lot of room to move up where I was. And I started looking around for other things. I mean, like the gym taught me basically. I'd say the biggest thing was growing up. I was, I was extremely stage fright. Like public speaking was like my greatest fear. And I knew that in order to coach these group classes, which I wanted to do more than anything, I would have to get over that or get better at it. And it took me a long time to kind of get comfortable with that. Uh, And the people who hired me and the clients at first, they didn't think I was going to make it just because I was like quiet. My voice was shaky and it it was bad. Uh, but over time kind of figured it out, got more comfortable and really learned a lot there, learned how to build connections, relationships with people and clients, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, then from there I had to start looking for other avenues, just money-wise, you know, it's cool to do that part-time stuff for a while, post-college, you know, in your early twenties, but eventually you're like, all right, where's this headed? And you want a little more. So I got into network marketing for a little bit, uh, which was a great experience. Uh, it didn't end up being a crazy pyramid scheme or anything like that. And I learned a lot of, <laughs> I learned a lot of sales skills from that. And again, continuing to build those networking and relationship skills and then real estate I got into and real estate, you, you kind of work for yourself. Like you have your brokerage, but you're kind of on your own. And so I had to learn there time management and, uh, you know, being a little more professional, right. Instead of working in this gym setting and your shorts and a t-shirt, you're, you know, not doing that. You got to be a little bit more, uh, buttoned up and that sort of thing. So all of that kind of started to push me into having to learn more about sales and marketing and sales and marketing led me to social media and led me to entrepreneurship. And that's kind of how like one thing led to another very indirectly. And then once I kind of jumped off the deep end into that uh, a few years back, I learned a lot of things the hard way. I had never been in a real business. I had never, uh, I'd never known an entrepreneur my whole life, like growing up. Uh, The owner of the gym that I worked at was the first one I ever met, you know, and I was like 22. And then uh, (laughs) I basically said, Oh, I'm starting up this business. And I know all these people, everyone's going to pay me to do their social media. And obviously that was not the case, (laughs) at least as easily as I thought it would be. So major learning experience. I pivoted a couple of times kind of within digital marketing and, you know, finally learned the lesson I need to niche down. And so obviously the marketing business taught me a ton as well. And then I was able to kind of transfer a lot of that marketing, uh, knowledge and experience into the podcasts, which helped the podcast get off to a strong start. And so like, it's interesting that if I look back all of these experiences and all these different things that I didn't think really related to anything. they're all just all over the place. They actually all kind of like added a tool to the toolbox to help me do what I'm doing now. So it's kind of interesting how, how things work out that way. Mm.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting
1: because at the time, like when you're going through it. It doesn't look that way. (laughs) You're, you're frustrated. You're upset. You're, you're saying what's wrong with me. Why can't I do this? Or, you know, why am I, why is this not working out? Oh, I thought this was going to be the thing. This isn't the thing long-term and you know, everything, obviously hindsight is 2020. So now I'm able to look back and now I have that kind of outlook that almost everything I look at, if it doesn't work out, I say, okay, it's probably for a reason. You know, there's that famous Tony Robbins quote that life happens for you and not to you. And when you can start to look at things through that lens, you can start to see that like everything that didn't work out, there was a reason for it. Like the gym was part-time and I was upset, but that forced me to expand my skill set and get into other things. The network marketing and the real estate didn't really work out. And so that kind of led me to entrepreneurship. Right. And then the digital marketing, you know, for the last few years, it was okay. But you know, that kind of gave me a crash course and set me up to do what I'm doing now. So everything is kind of, everything that doesn't work out, is just kind of, it's almost more of a redirection in a way and always leads to something better. If you can, if, if you don't just like give up and say, oh, this didn't work, I'm just going to stop. But if you keep pushing, if you keep looking for what works and what doesn't and, and what else interests you and, I think being like infinitely curious is very, it's a very underrated uh, attribute, you know, cause if you're not curious and you're not constantly looking and seeing what else is out there, a lot of people see this one thing that doesn't work. And then they say, oh man, this didn't work. There's nothing else out there. What else is there? But if you have all these, in- like now I have so many interests and there's so many different things I want to do and that I'm interested in that. It's like, man, if I, well, if this doesn't work out, I got these three other things I want to do, you know? So it's interesting how those things evolve over time. Cause to me five years ago, that one-dimensional trainer, you know, that wasn't really the case. Like I wouldn't have looked at
2: it that way. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. you know it's I think curiosity is almost something that can be developed I think it's something that like inherently it was always there within me but I didn't really access it for a long time and getting into these different areas and these different things I had to learn and obviously being in business, like personal development is such a massive part of that. And it forced me to continually like level up myself and, you know, read more books and take more courses and meet better people and that kind of stuff. And so I found that my level of curiosity has like grown exponentially based on my personal development over the past, I'd say five years. So I think I was always curious. I was always, if I found something that was interesting, I was like super interested and I'd want to learn everything about it, but I wasn't aware that I was curious. So I think self-awareness is also a massive part of that journey. Like understanding yourself is something that, you know, you hear people talk about it. Self-awareness is kind of this, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, I'm self-aware, but are you really like most people really aren't that self-aware. you ask them what they want in life, what their values are. Most of them have no clue. have no idea. Oh, well, I don't want this. It's like, okay, cool. Like that's step one or step like one half, you know, but like beyond that, what do you want? Who are you? What are your strengths and your weaknesses? And when you're self-aware and you're able to see, like you're able to course correct a lot faster when you're self-aware, because you know that like, okay, this is what threw me off. And here's here's what works well for me to get back on track and here's how I'm most productive. And, you know, so it's like continually optimizing and and unlocking that like best version of yourself, which is, again, is another one of those kind of terms we hear all the time, best version of yourself. Oh, that sounds nice. But I think that's like, there's an art and a science to it. And building that self-awareness, like the more things that you expose yourself to, the more you're going to learn about yourself. And so I think that's so key. Like most people just kind of stay in their lane. They have, this is who I am. This is what I do. And that was me back when I was doing the, you know, working at the gym, I'm a fitness guy. I work out, I'm an athlete. That's who I am. That's all I know. And that's all I do. And who knows what else I could have been learning at that time. But, you know, I wasn't self-aware enough to know that. Oh, you know, I can do other things. I do have other interests. And so I think that's one of those things that, well, I, luckily I had to develop that sooner rather than later, because obviously I think that gets harder and harder, the longer that you're in, like, say, like if I had been working at the gym for 20 years, it probably would have been a lot harder to switch lanes and start to think differently. Right. Cause you usually like kind of grease that groove, like more and more of that one area and it gets harder to kind of check out other things. So I think that's like, massively important to get to know yourself, but then to do that just by exposing yourself to other things and learning about other things. And that's like one thing that drives me nuts when I see so many people who are like, man, I, I don't like what I'm doing, but like, what else could I ever do? And I'm like, dude, there's a thousand things like go look on Fiverr. There's like 30 different skills you could go learn in like a month. Like there's a thousands of online courses, everything you want now, everything you ever want to learn or know is accessible on this phone in your hand. And so it's mind boggling to me how narrow-minded sometimes people can get. And so they're seeing this one little thing and it's almost like they have these blinders on like a horse and they can't see like all the other possibilities out there. So it's just my advice to everyone is just check out different things, get curious, explore your interests. You know, maybe you think you're interested in something and you get into it and you're not, it's not for you. That's fine. You learn that. Now you're more self-aware and then you can probably learn something from that, that you can then transfer into another area or right. Like I, I did or, uh, Oh, I didn't, I'm not interested in this, but this thing that was related to it, I hadn't heard about it before, but I like that, you know? So, there's just, there's so much out there and you just, you just have to be willing to look for it really. And there's so many benefits to that. Yeah. People are like, well, why, why would I look like I'm, you know, I'm okay with what I'm doing now. And it's first off, are you really okay? Or are you lying to yourself? If you're really happy then cool. That's awesome. Like you've figured it out. You're one of the few who has <laughs> otherwise, if you want something bigger and better and different, you gotta, you gotta look for it.
2: Mm. mm Yep. hmm yeah All right Right. Unlimited access, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those, I mean, the one caveat I would say to that is, you know, we talk about follow your passion, find your passion and like, that's great, but it should come with the fine print of like, follow your passion as a passion, as a hobby, or if you're going to make that into your career or your business. Like you can follow your passion, but that doesn't mean that everyone else is going to share your passion. And so your passion, you have to, it either has to be already, or you have to find a way to make your passion valuable to the marketplace, you know? So it's like, you go start a passion project and be like, this is what I'm doing it's like, okay, cool. But the market has to find it valuable, maybe not right off the bat, but at some point in order for you to turn that passion into like a career or a business. And so that's one of the things is people say, Oh, follow your passion, follow your passion. So the people who will leave their job and they'll go try what they love and, and they're not thinking about how this, they think about like, this is what I love and this is my passion, but they don't think about how it relates to the outside world. And so follow your passion, find your hop. Like everyone needs hobbies and things they do for fun and things that kind of light them up because, Uh, You know, a lot of times if you turn a hobby into a business, it might not be, or you turn your passion into your business. It might not be your passion for very long (laughs) because then when you have to do it, there's a big difference between doing something for the emotional benefits, like just because you love it and doing it because you have to, to make money. And so a lot of times people don't really think that through and they'll jump into their passion and When you're forced to do it instead of wanting to do it, it can become a turnoff. So there's a fine line there, I think, between that. So like I knew for a while that uh, I wanted to get into coaching and putting out content and personal development, all that kind of stuff. But I waited for a while because I said, okay, I need to think about how am I going to structure this or do this so that people actually find it valuable? Because otherwise I'm going to get into it and... I'm going to get no response and then I'm going to hate it and that sort of thing. So I'm not saying don't follow your passion, but it depends on the context. Are you doing your, is it a passion project or a side project or a hobby in that case? Awesome. Go for it. If you're trying to turn your passion or your hobby into a business, make sure you're thinking about it like a business and not just, oh, I'm following my passion. Everyone else is going to love that. I'm following my passion and jump on board automatically you know like you have to you have to always keep the market in mind. So that's what I would say about that. Um and that comes from one of my favorite writers MJ DeMarco. Uh where it's like you know what you do has to have purpose, but following your passion or your hobby like I mean I think there's people who say oh I want to go play music like play guitar and it's like, okay, uh, you could do that, but are you just doing it to play guitar? Cause then it should probably be a hobby. But like, if you want to make that into a business, it's okay. You, I don't know, you form a band, you start marketing yourself, you get an agent, like there's so much more that goes into turning that from a passion into like a business. And so it's, do you want it, those extra steps involved with it? So that's just something that I think follow your passion is great, but it's incomplete at times. You know what I mean? And so it can kind of steer people into jumping off and be like, woohoo for a while. And then, and then they get hit with like a heavy dose of reality that like, you know what, just cause it's your passion doesn't mean that people are going to pay you for it. So, um, uh, not to sound like pessimistic or doom and gloom, but that's just something I think to keep in mind
2: for people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you associate frustration with that activity, yeah. After a while, yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's so the concept for the podcast, not most people, uh, actually came up with two to three years back and it came from, as I got more into personal development and reading about people who are successful and that kind of stuff, I, f- I found that everything that these guys were telling me, like these elite people was very different, or a lot of times the opposite of everything society had tried to tell me my whole life. And so it was kind of that like anti-group think idea. Like I say, if everyone, if, uh, most people aren't really healthy, most people aren't really wealthy and most people aren't really happy. So why would you follow or want to think or be like most people? Like just logically, that's how I thought about it. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And so I want to be not most people and I want to help people understand that concept the way that I kind of came about, about it. And I think a lot of people who are success-minded think about that subconsciously, but I want to make it a conscious thing, you know, and kind of help shift the perception. But anyways, I came up with this idea, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I was, you know, I was still very new and raw and I started out doing some insta, like created an Instagram page and doing some stuff there. And cause that's what I knew. I'd built up some Instagram pages a little bit. And I found that I was writing these long captions and no one gave a shit. <laughs> like no one on Instagram wants depth. They just want to scroll and they want like little quick dopamine hits. And I'm like, man, I want to, I want something deeper. I want to go deeper. So I was like, do I do YouTube? No, I don't want to do YouTube. Like that's video. And one thing I could never stand was to hear the sound of my voice played back to me. Like I would shudder. I'd be like, "Oh, I sound so monotone and nasally, and there's just no way I'm putting my voice out there until I go get like voice lessons or something like that. <laughs> but so I sat on this idea for a long time, and then I got into RT a little over a year ago, and I'd been listening to Andy and Ed's podcasts. But I thought podcasts were you know only people with big followings and, millionaires and all that had podcasts. And then I got into Arate and I saw, oh, wow, like all these people are talking about their podcasts and they're, you know, normal people like me, you know, they're not necessarily like seven, eight figure superstars with a million followers on Instagram, you know, like nor- like everyday people. So that got me thinking a little bit. And then I went on a podcast as a guest. My very first one, you know, it was the first one. I was nervous. It went okay. I got off. I was like, eh, I don't know about this. Uh, and then I went on another one. And it went a lot better. It was just like, you know, got into kind of the backstory and mindset, entrepreneur stuff, and all the stuff that I kind of like, you know, geek out about. And an hour later, we're still going. I'm like, I feel like I'm in a flow state and it's a lot of fun. And got off of that. That was in November. And as soon as we stopped recording that, I said, okay, not most people is going to be a podcast because that was awesome. And that was November. I said, I'm going to launch by January. Took me till like mid March to get it launched, just because one thing that I've learned over the last several years is that everything, every project or new thing that you get into, there's a lot more involved that you don't see on the surface. <laughs> and so, as I got it to start this podcast, I'm like, "Oh, record some stuff, throw it up, boom, we're we're rolling." It's like, no, <laughs> there's some more that goes into it, as you know. And so, I launched the podcast and. Uh, gets off to a good start. You know, I think again, my marketing and branding knowledge helped with that. And the, all the networking I'd been doing and stuff like that was like, again, up until recently, I didn't know what it was all for, but then I was able to kind of apply those things that I learned and started that. And you know, the not most people as I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, it's a podcast, but why would I just stop at a podcast? You know, like what's a podcast alone going to do? Like, obviously it's going to change pe- people, but I'm, but I'm like, there's so much more with this, you know, cause not most people, it's it's a concept, it's a philosophy, it's an ideology. And so I'm like, there could be so much more to this. And so now, and I, that's one of the things I always tell people when they're thinking about starting a podcast, cause now podcasts are kind of like the, the new, hot popular thing to do is to like, oh, to have a podcast. And so everyone's jumping in and I'm like, well, first off, most people are, say, I want to have a podcast and then they come up with the idea for the podcast or the concept afterwards. And I think it always works better if it's in reverse, if you have an idea or a concept and then you create the podcast, right? It's not like, like people don't say, oh, I want to create a business and they jump into business and then like create a business. They say, no, I have a concept or an idea and I'm going to make that into a business. So like a podcast, you really have to treat it like a business in a lot of ways. And how does it fit into the bigger picture? Right. So like, that's why I think it's two thirds of podcasts. Don't make it to 13 episodes. People drop off. If you make it, I think to 21 episodes, you're in the top few percent, which is crazy. so, so many, there's so many, just like, there's this massive graveyard of dead podcasts out there (laughs) and just not being part of that. Like you have to get into it for the right reasons. So how does it fit into your bigger picture? Does it complement your business? Is it to build your personal brand? Is it just a passion project? Like mine was in the beginning, uh, you know, like what's, what's the scope? How does it fit into everything? Cause if it's just like, if it's not part of something bigger, you're going to likely want to quit. And that's why so many people do. Cause they don't have like this bigger picture. They don't have the long-term goal or vision figured out. And so. But you don't have that to turn back to. You don't have that why, or you don't have that kind of here's what we're building towards. And it's just like, oh man, I gotta publish an episode this week. And that becomes a chore. And then, you know, willpower is finite. And so once that starts to wear out, you become one of those 90% of podcasts that never made it past 20 episodes. And so I think having that whole picture is really, really important. And so for me, it's I have the podcast. I just launched the website. I'm going to start blogging on there hopefully soon. Like I love to write as well. So, and some people like to read instead of consume through audio, and then I'm going to get it on YouTube soon. And then, uh, I'd love to do some kind of courses and community. I'm building a Facebook community around it. And so there's like all these different parts to it and this vision and, you know, down the road, I I would like to turn it into almost like an e-commerce business, like a, almost like a lion's, not sheep kind of in a lot of ways, uh, with apparel and all that. So it's, it's part of like a kind of a bigger cause of movement is my vision for it. Uh, which has made the week to week seem like, you know, not like a chore, at least not yet. Like, it's just, it's fun and we're building to something bigger. And so that keeps it exciting, right? Like you have to always have that big goal. Uh, you always have to have that mountaintop that you're going towards. No matter what it is, you know, it sounds, it's one of those kind of cliche, cheesy sounding things on the surface, but it's so true. And so I have that. And then on the other side, uh, it, which is not directly related to the podcast, but there is some overlap, is uh, the coaching side of things. And again, I decided to niche down, which is one of those lessons I learned the hard way during my marketing days. And I, I realized that when it came to health and fitness, there's like infinite resources out there. There's so many health and fitness coaches. Everyone on Instagram is a health or fitness guru these days. And then business wise, there's so many books and courses and a lot of business coaches and masterminds and stuff out there. There's starting to be a little bit more of that in the relationship space, but not as much. And so I felt it's the most underserved of the kind of health wealth relationships triad. And also one where I started seeing a lot of these issues that people or entrepreneurs in particular, in particular face, uh, you know, me and my fiance have kind of like, you know, I'd see, I'd see something, someone's dealing with, Oh, we went through that. Oh yeah. We got through that. Like, and, and that sort of thing. And so again, all this personal development I've been doing on the side and I like geek out on psychology and how and why people do things and how they think and that sort of stuff. And so again, I was able to kind of take all these skills and then combine it with an area that I was passionate about and that people need help with. And I also, I realized when I was working in my marketing business that I like working with small businesses. I didn't like working with big businesses because you're just a number and a bid and whatever. You work with small businesses, you can connect with some of the employees, with the owner, that sort of thing. But what I really loved on an even deeper level is working with individuals. And so that was part of getting into coaching as well and relieving their pain. And I think there's so much kind of phony relationship stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff if you're single and like dating and looking to attract like there's so much out there on that, but there's not as much on staying in a relationship. right? It's like there's it's like starting a business versus staying in business. Like anyone could go start a business, but five years later, how many people have dropped out? A lot most of them, right? Same thing with with a, a relationship. Like anyone can get into a relationship. Anyone can go like propose and get married, even if they want. But as we see, fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. So there's so much that goes into maintaining those things and growing them long term. And I would say almost that that being in a long term relationship and having it grow and be successful takes you know as much work as as maintaining and growing a business. Like if you don't consistently work on it, it's going to a road and you know, your customers are your customers, AKA your spouse are going to fall out of, out of touch, out of love with you. And, uh, and that sort of thing. So, and I think there's this, this massive message that we've gotten subconsciously our whole life is that it's all about finding your soulmate, like find your soulmate, find that one special person. And then everything else takes care of itself because there's love involved. And it's like, no, that's, that's not how it works, <laughs> you know, cause there's a lot of people who really, yeah, yeah. We wish it were And Hollywood tells us that it is, and that be the nice guy and the sweet guy. And, and that's what works. And like almost everything that you learn growing up from mainstream, it's not to like teach you that what really works in relation. It's all, it's all about money. It's all to make money. Like people want to believe in that stuff. So they push that and you know, that's what sounds nice on the surface. And so that's what sells. And we have very few models when it comes to relationships like health and fitness. Oh, we have gyms, we have trainers, we have all these people. It's like, it's public when it comes to business. We have, you know, we have Andy and Ed and all these other people that we follow and that we learn from. And we talk business with our peers and stuff like that. But when it comes to relationships, it's like a much more private thing generally. So growing up, it's like you don't really get to see the inside of any relationships except for your parents usually, for most of your life. You know you'll see surface level of other ones, but you'll see your parents the most, and that's what people learn from. And you know, a lot of times that's not a great example. You know like again, half the marriage is in a divorce. And at least half of the other half that stay together aren't marriages that you want to model. You know what I mean? So people subconsciously learn all these or learn, or don't learn all these things that we need to, uh, growing up. And so that lack of models makes it really tough. Like you have to really kind of almost like luck out and be born into a healthy relationship to learn a healthy relationship. And so that's why so many people struggle when they're older. And so it's just kind of, I was like, there's so many, kind of almost like not most people. There's all these mainstream narratives and things that a lot of people believe and learned that need to be kind of corrected in some ways. And so, um, I know that's kind of, kind of uh, a nice long rant there, but <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my my whole philosophy on that or how I got into that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fine balance, yeah. right
1: now it's mostly separate. I've been trying to think about how to merge them a little more because I don't want to, yeah, like not most people, again, it covers everything. So like I, I've had a wide variety of guests. I've had entrepreneurs. I've had um, basically anyone who's kind of outside the box or isn't like the majority or what, you know, so there's, I can have almost anyone on as long as it ties back to that central philosophy. And so it's not just relationship based. It's not just business based. It kind of stands alone on its own. And so I don't want to like dilute that and turn it into like this relationship podcast and people will be like, wait, this isn't, this isn't what it was before, you know? So like, you don't want to confuse your listeners. So I'll work in a little bit of that stuff if it's relevant to the conversation and stuff like that. But right now it's mostly similar. So I, I have been kind of toying with the idea of like, oh, do I create another relationship focused podcast for entrepreneurs, uh, because uh, you know, you're starting to see that, uh, like Tom and Lisa Bilyeu, uh, relationship theory and, uh, Sean and Saxony Whalen, you know, like they have, you're starting to see more of these like couples in the relate in the entrepreneurship space, like put out this content on relate and people are like eating it up, you know, cause again, there's, it's sparse in terms of what's what's available. And so, that has crossed my mind. I have thought about that, but right now they're kind of, they're kind of separate, but at the same time, then the podcast is still building my personal brand. It's still helping build that authority and bring people into my world and that sort of thing. So it's a very kind of indirect way of like how they feed each other. Yeah.
2: Mm. (laughs) right Mm. yeah
1: yeah it's interesting yeah because like you don't want to call something breakthrough society and then have it all be about like electric work or you know what i mean like it throws off, it's not congruent. So yeah, people gotta be, be careful with that. That's another thing like with podcasts is people confuse their listeners. They start a podcast and they say, Oh, this is what it's going to be. And then they're like, Oh crap. Like, uh, I need guests. Yeah. You come on, you come on, you come on. Like, doesn't matter. Like they just get guests to get guests. And then it'll be like totally unrelated to the topic of the podcast. And so then the listeners get on They're like well, this isn't what I'm listening to get, you know what I mean? And so like, especially early on, you got to be cognizant of that. So early on, you want to be, you don't want to confuse your listener. You want to stay like on point. And then eventually, you know, down the road, you've built some, some trust and people know you. And so then you can kind of branch out a little bit more, but you want to be really careful not to do that too early. uh, Anytime you're getting into something new. And it's one of those things like people are like, and I struggle with this too, because I consider myself to be a polymath. So like polymath, meaning you have just like, you're not a specialist necessarily. Like a lot of people specialize in one area and that's who they are. And that like, that's what they do. Like me back at the gym, but a polymath is someone who's like a generalist. Like they have a wide range of interests and skills and, and that sort of thing. And So I consider myself to be a polymath. So I like, I'm like, Oh, well, I want to do this and this and that, and the other thing. And. Then do I tell everyone I'm this and that, and the other thing. And, and then they're, they're like, you know, cause if you serve everybody, you serve nobody at the same time. So it's always that like fine balance. Cause there's so, like I said, there's so many opportunities, so many things I want to do that I'm like, oh man, I want to do this, but I already told people like, this is who I am. This is what I do. I don't want to confuse them <laughs> further. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> in a lot of ways.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anything for the podcast, it's not most people. If you search it on any uh any of the streaming platforms, you'll find it. And then everything centralized is not most people.net. And then for I said for like everything, not most people, kind of in one place. So if you want the kind of center of all of that, it's not most people.net is the website. And then, uh, otherwise for the relationship stuff, still working on that website, but you can basically, uh, get in touch with me through Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. Uh, pretty easy to reach. And that's at Bradley underscore Roth on Instagram. And I got, it's funny. I got a lot over the last several years. I think the most recent one that comes to mind is when I started the podcast, because it, it totally shifted my identity. Like a year ago, if you told me I was going to be putting out a podcast and people would be listening to me, I was like, no way. Like you're nuts. <laughs> That's not me. Even though for a long time, a, a big part of me like wanted that, like wanted to do that. Like I had, I knew I had information and content and stuff to put out that was useful and valuable to people and that I wanted to share, but I was like, I was so afraid. And I know a lot of people can relate to this is that they were keeping it inside of them. And it's, it's reminding yourself that like if you have something useful to share and you don't like you're doing a disservice to people, but doing that and getting out there and getting comfortable speaking and communicating and sharing it's huge. It's huge. It's like it, you know, a year ago I was like, I was stuck. I was like, man, I, you know, I'm doing this marketing stuff, but like I have all these, these other things that I want to do and I'm not doing them. And so the podcast, it just kind of broke down some of those mental walls that I had. You know, once you get into like, it was, it was scary at first, you know, the first few episodes, I'm like, uh, I'm like over preparing. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'd have like this list of like super scripted questions and people would come on that. I was like, I have to go through these in order and ask them exactly this and that sort of thing. And, you know, it did fine, but it got, it gets less and less scary every episode, you know, every time you put something out there. So like, that's taking that leap and, uh, doing those things that you have been holding back on or You're afraid of You know, like we talked about earlier, maybe it it doesn't work out, or you you find that oh, you know, this isn't for me. That's okay. I learned something about myself, and you go on to something else. But the other side is, it could work out great. Now I (laughs) I'm running a podcast. I'm teaching others how to start their own podcast, and it's just kind of crazy where things go if you if you take action and move forward.
2: Yeah, thank you. yeah
1: Mm -hmm. yeah after a while it does yeah now it's like I still prepare a little bit but obviously but preparation can make up for a lot of uncertainty in the beginning. Like if you're uncertain, oh, can I do this? It's like, okay, maybe you need to just prepare a little bit more and eventually it will become second nature, right? It's like riding a bike. Like at first you, you put on all your pads, you have someone like holding you, guiding you, you got training wheels in case something goes wrong. You got all these like fail safes and stuff like that, you know, and backups. And then eventually you're riding for you not to think about it. You know? And that's kind of, it's kind of how most things go. I think.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah thank you
1: oh man I, I could stay here all day this is fun but yeah thank thanks a lot for having me uh and uh thank everyone out there for listening you too mm-hmm.